Thanks to Grammarly for supporting the industry-focused show. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Start writing confidently by going to Grammarly.com full to get 20% off a Grammarly premium account today. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every single day. Today is Wednesday, September the 11th, and we're talking healthcare. Todd Campbell, healthcare guru, joining us via Skype. Todd, how are you doing over there? It's good that this is a healthcare show because I think I need some healthcare. I'm battling a cold, listeners. I apologize. I'm going to do my best here to get us through uh, some interesting subject matter. Uh, Just bear with me a little bit. Yes, yes. And actually, Dodd, I know you're under the weather today, but I'm hoping you'll feel better because we've got lots of good news for you to digest this week in the biotech space. You know, often we're talking about um, pipeline blowups, bad study results, all kind of craziness in the healthcare sector. So it's always nice to have a show where we've got um, some really good positive data coming out of the space. So with that, uh, let's kick it off. I want to start with Acadia Pharmaceuticals, that's ticker symbol. ACAD for our listeners out there. It's a uh, commercial stage biotech that specializes in uh, CNS, central nervous system disorders. Currently sports a market cap of about $5.9 billion. Stock is up 156% year to date this year, Todd. Pretty amazing, but that's really thanks to strong sales related to its bread and butter product, New Plazid. Um, is that all, Shannon? Is that all? It's only up 100. <laughs> That's oh, it, geez. just slightly. Um, but you know, there's been a lot of focus on Acadia Pharmaceuticals because the question has really been: Can they expand beyond the one approval that they have for this drug, which is in psychosis related to Parkinson's disease? Um, it's really kind of been a roller coaster this ride. Even though the stock is up quite a bit this year, it's been a roller coaster. Uh, but this week, I think the market opportunity ahead for Acadia Pharmaceuticals really started to clear a little bit, at least. Um, thanks to some positive interim study results, stock jumped 63% on the news surrounding what could be the next approval for New Plazid. Todd, before we get into those study results, though, um, let's just start about what this drug means for Acadia Pharmaceuticals and what we saw with that strong second quarter. Okay, so we did $83 million in, in roughly in, in revenue in the second quarter. That was up 46% year over year. The company is now guiding for 320 to $330 million in sales this year. That would be up 45% at the midpoint. And I think it's important to realize that following that second quarter performance, you know, that up guidance, the prior guidance was $280 million to $300 million. So that's a substantial increase in guidance. And I think the reason that you saw so many investors just embrace the stock following this latest data is that you're talking about a massive expansion of the total addressable market. You mentioned the Parkinson's disease psychosis indication that it's already approved for. That represents 400,000 to 500,000 patients, roughly. So 40 to 50% of, of patients with Parkinson's disease. Data that they just reported that caused shares to soar, that total addressable market for dimension dementia-related psychosis, that would include things like Alzheimer's disease, that is 1.2 million. So right there, you've gone from you know an addressable market of four to 500,000 patients to, what, 1.6, 1.7 million? 
Yeah, so pretty large market opportunity ahead. And I think what's really interesting about these study results is that they had a fail. Um, I believe it was in adult schizophrenia back in July. So I think for a lot of investors, a lot of people who have been watching this company, there wasn't a tremendous amount of hope in them being able to pull off any sort of positive news with this particular study. And so for the most part, this was pretty much a surprise. Uh, this was the Harmony trial that they actually um, sounds like they stopped early because of the positive results. And one of the things that they were looking at was defining what is called relapse in patients that have the psychosis. So it's really looking at hospitalization due to dementia-related psychosis. Um, did their symptoms deteriorate? Uh, withdrawing from the study due to lack of e efficacy, and did they have to use any sort of antipsychotic medications? Um, for this larger market opportunity that they do have ahead, uh, just one thing to note, like, granted, it's a larger market opportunity, but you do have a lot of these antipsychotics, many of which are generic. So even though it's a bigger market opportunity, it's also still somewhat of a competitive, crowded market space, too. Yeah, 36000 to 40000 a year is roughly what Nuplezid's list price is, and obviously with discounts and stuff, it's probably not costing that much. <clears throat> so some of these antipsychotics are more of a, a value, I suppose, and if they're working for a patient, sure, keep them on that. But for many patients, it's it's not the right, it doesn't work well. And exactly. you know, sometimes it can increase the cognitive decline of these dementia patients. So my assumption would be, we're gonna get more data later in the year at a conference, once we look through all that data, um, my assumption would be is if, if it looks good and they get approval, that yes, you're going to see sales of this drug take off uh, from 2020 through 2021 on, on this, in, you know, just from having the label expanded to include this indication. You mentioned the schizophrenia headwind a trial that failed earlier this year. Um, it didn't improve the good symptoms, if you will but they still have some hope that maybe it would improve bad symptoms or make them less worse, I suppose. Uh, and there's a phase two trial that we'll read out later this year in that indication. So investors should realize there is some more data coming later in the year that could also move the stock up or down. Exactly. And um, that particular trial, I think that's set to read out potentially in December. And they're looking at specifically negative symptoms, as you were alluding to, Todd. So things like loss of interest, emotional withdrawal, cognitive impairment, things like that. Um, studies do show that about 40 to 50 percent of schizophrenia, schizophrenia patients do experience these negative symptoms. Um, so this is a, an opportunity to watch. Another one that I'm watching um, they've also have a drug, so they're not trying to be a one-trick pony with Nuplazid, um, but there is a, another late-stage study of a drug called trofintanide, I believe it's how it's pronounced, in treating Rett syndrome. Uh, Rett syndrome is basically a rare disease, neurodevelopmental neurodevelopmental disorder that occurs predominantly in females. Right now, there are no approved treatments in this particular uh, patient class, but that's another market opportunity of another 6,000 to 9,000 patients. They've also got late-stage testing um, as a supplemental treatment for neuplasid in patients with major depressive disorder as well. Um, so all in all, I mean, you've got a lot to look forward to. There's some estimates now 
um, that Acadia could hit a billion dollars in sales by 2023. Um, so I think a lot of the people that have either been on the sidelines or have kind of turned a blind eye, all of a sudden there's this renewed focus in a company um, that could have some really, really interesting market opportunities ahead. Yeah, I think there was a lot of short covering that drove a lot of that big jump. Uh, a lot of people were betting against um, the ability to expand this into other indications, and they were proven wrong. Um, and I think that one of the things as investors we have to think about, okay, you mentioned a $6 billion market cap, and then you also said 2023 sales estimates of about a billion. So you're already trading at six to roughly times 2023 <laughs> sales. So this is not a cheap stock. I think investors might want to just sort of sit back, see how these other trials uh, play out, especially in the, in the depressive disorder, because that's 2.5 million patient population. So, Yeah, totally agree, Todd. I think another thing, too, in the near term to be watching out for, um, Acadia did end the most recent quarter with $382 million in cash, but they burned through about $140 million just in the first half of this year. So I do anticipate they'll be tapping secondary markets here pretty soon. Um, but I think all in all, this is one that I'll be watching, especially for some of these late stage trials heading into the latter part of this year. Um, but let's switch gears. Before we do, though, let's pause for a moment and uh, do a real quick break with our friends from Grammarly. Thanks to Grammarly for supporting Industry Focus. As an everyday user of Grammarly, I can attest that Grammarly is the communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Grammarly encourages everyone, even the best students and top professionals, to use Grammarly to do their best work and accomplish even more of their goals. Simply put, Grammarly is a writing assistant that makes you look and sound smarter. You can easily improve yourself, your communication skills, no matter if you're at school, work, or really anywhere. And ultimately, Grammarly allows people to put their best self forward through writing. Their free product reviews critical spelling and grammar. Their premium product product actually kicks it up a notch by looking out for spelling, grammar, plus advanced punctuation, structure, and even readability. Grammarly is available across platforms, including your online browser extension, desktop editor, or mobile keyboard check. And it's even available on multiple browsers. That's right, Chrome, Firefox, Safari, as well as platforms, iOS, Android, Windows, and Mac. You name it, Grammarly is there. So with Grammarly, you can accomplish your goals, whether you're aiming to stop making typos on your phone, close more deals at work with your emails, or simply looking to polish your resume. Grammarly has you covered. I've held various roles here at The Fool, including editor and now director of programming, and I can attest, Grammarly has saved me massive amounts of time and angst. I can catch and correct nearly twice as many mistakes with Grammarly Premium. If you're interested, go to Grammarly.com slash Fool to get 20% off your Grammarly Premium account today. Again, that's Grammarly.com slash Fool for 20% off your Grammarly Premium account. All right, we're back. Uh, let's talk about the other big pharma player making news, and that is Eli Lilly, ticker symbol LLY which uh, recently acquired Loxo Oncology for about $8 billion earlier this year. The largest deal the biopharma player has made to date. Um, in the most recent study reported out of the World Conference on Lung Cancer in Barcelona, seems to be pointing toward Lilly making the right call on Loxo, although that, that price tag is still to be debated. Um, but the drug that's turning heads, uh, mine included, is oral drug Loxo 292. 
now uh, referred to as Selpercatnib. We'll just call it Loxo 292. Can we just, yeah, please. (laughs) (laughs) But Todd, this is a drug and a company we've talked about on the show before. I was impressed the last time we were diving into their study results and honestly continue to be more and more impressed with this company, especially as we're headed into this age of precision medicine and gene-targeted cancer drugs. Uh, But can you give us just a quick, brief overview? What exactly is Loxo 292 and uh, what did we see? Well, Lilly wants to expand into oncology. Oncology is obviously a very big market and it's growing because of an aging, larger population. And, you know, Loxo is very intriguing because it's one of the first to have come out with precision medicines that specifically go after uh, genetic mutations and, and those kind of targets. So not really thinking about cancer as far as where did it originate, such as in the lung, but thinking more, what is the genetic mutation that is actually driving that cancer to form? And what's interesting about Loxo and probably why Lily paid so much money for it is it already got its first drug across the finish line last November the FDA approved Victrac-V, which is a TRK fusion gene uh, drug that targets you know, can- uh, 12 different cancers. Um, sales aren't big yet, and, and they have to share. They only collect royalties because Bayer licensed the rights to that drug. But it obviously proved that their platform uh, was strong and would be able to generate other, theoretically, uh, of these precision medicines. Now we're starting to see that bear fruit with Loxo-292, which targets the RET gene mutation. And RET gene mutations aren't very common. They do occur in about 2% of non-small cell lung cancer uh, cases, and then in a slightly higher proportion uh, of thyroid cancer patients. And, you know, I broke out the math on that, and that's about, you know, I, I want to say four to 5,000 uh, per year uh, patients in lung cancer, and maybe one to 2,000 per year in thyroid cancer. Yeah, and so this particular study, it's uh, named Libretto 001. It is the largest trial uh, ever reported in uh, ret altered cancer patients thus far, um, and just um, from a high level, basically ret fusion drives what's called onconogenesis, where basically healthy cells become transformed into cancer cells. So just taking a look at the results, um, pretty impressive to start. Sixty eight percent of one hundred and five patients, all of whom had actually failed previous treatments, um, including chemo, saw a response after taking the drug. That basically meant that their tumors decreased in size by at least 30%. So that was certainly a check. But then it got better, Todd. Um, In the 34 patients who had not been previously treated, the response rate was actually 85%. But it didn't stop there. In those patients whose cancer had actually spread to their brains or their central nervous system, the response rate was 91%. On top of all of that, the responses were actually durable. They lasted for a median of 20.3 months with progression-free survival of 18.4 months. And that is something we should see continue to improve because the majority of the patients continue to respond to treatment or are progression-free as of the cutoff, which I believe was in June. Um, So, I mean, across the board, we saw some really impressive response rates for this drug. Absolutely. I mean, this is theoretically game-changing and life-saving for patients with this particular mutation. And the data is, you know, supports the idea that, okay, yeah, Lily can go out and file for FDA approval of this. The big question in my eyes, will, or in my mind, I'm wondering, is whether or not it will get approved for later line therapy. So you'll have to go through the platinum-containing chemotherapy first, or if you'll be able to get an approval based on this trial in the treatment naive. I don't know whether or not there were enough patients in treatment naive 
to be able to justify an approval in that. Um, we didn't have progression-free survival as a primary endpoint. We don't have overall survival as a primary endpoint. But yeah, overall response rates that high, very, very encouraging. And also encouraging is the fact that on the safety profile of this drug, looks very good. I think that they said the discontinuation rate was only 1.7%. Yeah, very small. And I mean, even when it came to side effects, you're talking about dry mouth, diarrhea, constipation. So very much at the lower end of the severity range when it comes to side effects. So another notch for them. I think um, right now Lilly plans to file for approval by the end of the year. This certainly gives Eli Lilly a chance to offset some of the revenue due to patent expirations and competition. So, needless to say, all eyes will be on this drug. Um, they are also, of course, looking at this drug in thyroid cancer. We should get results in that indication uh, updates at the end of the year. And this is a um, basically 10 to 20 percent of papillary and other thyroid cancers have this same of same type of mutation as well. Um, and then, I mean, as impressive as that is, though. They are not the only players in this space because you've also got Blueprint Medicines, and that's ticker symbol BPMC. Todd, you and I have talked about this on the show, but their drug, Blue 667, um, it had a 60% response rate um, in the same indication. They're going to be reading out soon. So, granted, I think for Lilly and Loxo, first to market, um, first with this type of mechanism of action, but Blueprint is going to be right on their heels. Yeah, I think that obviously it's going to have to, investors are going to have to, you know, bear that amount, especially when you're looking at Blueprint. I mean, this isn't going to move the needle for Lilly. Lilly's a huge company. And, you know, I, I don't know if this is necessarily a blockbuster drug. I mean, it'll be a high price drug, but I don't know if it'll be a blockbuster. Uh, the data on the surface does appear to give Loxo slash Lilly an advantage over Blueprint. Um, but when you're talking about this size of patient population, I, I, I'm not going to quibble too much between a 60% overall response rate and a 68% overall response rate. We'll have to see how the safety comes out. Did look like maybe more patients had discontinued treatment in the blueprint um, trial as of the last update, uh, but too early, to, too early to call on that. Exactly. Too early to call. And they do plan to do a randomized study comparing the drug to standard chemo as a first treatment um, in lung cancer. So I can tell you all eyes will be on that. Um, another thing that I think is worth watching, um, we did get some updates recently, is because this occurs in such a small percentage of the population, I think you said, what, 1% to 2%, Todd? Um, Correct. It's the, the challenge then becomes for Eli Lilly being able to identify these patients that will be able to respond. Thermo Fisher did recently announce that um, it's going to have a companion diagnostic tool to go along with this. So I think that will certainly help, but that's another area that I'll be keeping a close eye on as well. Absolutely agree with you. Yeah. So um, with that, that will close us out. But I do want to let you know um, a company that uh, we've talked about before, one that I know many of you are watching, Immune Therapeutics. Um, they just had FDA briefing docs for their peanut allergy drug uh, just drop today. They're going to have an FDA advisory committee meeting on Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Overall, briefing docs look very, very pretty much benign, um, nothing too outrageous. But as we know, as biotech investors, anything can happen in those FDA advisory committee meetings. Todd, I don't know about you. I plan to watch this only because it's the first of what will hopefully be many. 
absolutely going to watch this, pay attention to it, and hopefully talk about it soon on the show, right, Shan? That's right. You got it. So, yes, be sure to check us out next week because we will keep you up to date on all the latest happening with that particular company and more. But as for us, that'll do it uh, for Industry Focus Healthcare. We want to thank you for tuning in. As always, people on the program may have interest in the companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Dan Boyd for his work behind the glass today. For Todd Campbell, I'm Shannon Jones. Thanks for listening and full on. Full on.